Hey, Julie Leone here with season two of What's Your Thing? Season one has just been a joyful experience for me listening to people's stories about yoga, permaculture, walking, love, depression. And I continue to have those conversations to inspire myself and you with people who have a thing, a passion, a lifestyle, a mission, maybe a pastime that lights them up, energises them and makes life meaningful. So welcome to season two. Let's see where this journey takes us. Hi, it's Julie again on another episode of What's Your Thing? And today we're talking to Pete Avey. And we were just saying that the last time I actually spoke to Pete Avey was when I was probably about 15. Um, we both went to the same school. He was the year above me and his mate was going out with my mate. And um, actually I was quite in awe of him because he was like one of the really cool football-y guys and was the year above me. And so although my best friend was going out with his best friend, I don't think I felt very confident around Pete because he just seemed to be really together and really confident and um, really self-assured. So then fast forward, we kind of have bumped into each other on Facebook and LinkedIn. And I, as I was stalking him on LinkedIn, I noticed that he was a celebrant and a counsellor, which obviously is quite different from the football league cool kid um, that I knew some time ago. So uh, here he is on this conversation. So and he's in Australia. So for me, it's quarter past eight in the evening. And what time is it there, Pete? Quarter past seven in the morning. <laughs> so you're very noble getting up at this time. Um, so yeah, welcome. Weird to see you after all these years. And uh, celebrancy, what even is it? Uh, well, qualified as over here, you need to get a qualification to be able to marry people. So I, I, I do that um, as, as a primary part of celebrancy. But you can also, as a segue, do different things like a funeral celebrant, uh, naming ceremonies and, and, and a lot of other things that, 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 that tag on to the, the role of a celebrant is more of a facilitator, I see it. Um, and I suppose that's one of the reasons um, I went into counselling. You're a facilitator of, of, of people's problems. Uh, so that's the, the reason why they're, 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 they're in some ways to me are linked. Um, but uh, I think I said prior to the, to the, the recording that as a marriage celebrant, you need to promote... Uh, pre-marriage education so I became I thought uh, to expand my business and worth potential and, and, and potential income I'd uh, become a marriage educator a, a pre-marriage educator so, so what uh, is that if I'd have done that would it have stopped me getting divorced <laughs> actually uh, there was some studies saying it, it basically reduces the divorce potential by about 50 percent wow now, it goes into it goes into everything you, you basically have your you, you, you too do a sort of like a personality marriage trait survey and then it comes out with results and uh, and it sees where your conflict is oh, well we agree with money or, or we don't agree with money and, and the way that we that the family influences how how close you are with your families uh, all different facets of, of your of your personality and uh, it shows where uh, you, you're compatible and where you will you know well different so it, it's a chance of, of of discussing through conflict sometimes as, as to as to what you can do rather than it's best to do it 
earlier rather than during their marriage when things just fall apart uh yeah so because so, yeah. i'm just thinking do you ever get any people that do that and then go oh, i'm not marrying you because <laughs> it's almost like you need to do that when you first start dating isn't it not when you get uh, to the no, yeah yeah it's uh interesting yeah i mean you, you can't say you should marry each other but that's, that's it's like counseling you shouldn't you shouldn't encourage people to do things it's up to them to make that decision but it can get a very difficult situation when you realize they're polar ends of, of, of the spectrum uh, of that point of their their their, 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 their um, c- compatibility but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, it's, I mean, it's everything. I mean, you, you've done psychology. I think you, you probably yeah. see people that think, "How the heck are they together?" But some people t- uh, click, and, uh, and we went to the same school. And many people at our school have been married since since they left school. There's a lot yeah, of them. yeah, they have. The Ability, perhaps that was the pre-marriage education was not just scholarship, but for uh, it, but for socialising with, with certain people. Yeah, I mean that's that's the way I see that. And do you, so have you done it? Because you're married, aren't you? So have you done it with your? Second. Okay, so have you uh, done no, it? No, I haven't. No, not yet. No, no. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I could, before we, if we'd done it before we got married, I think we would have got married because we had some vo- volatility when we first got to know each other because we're both from second marriages and, and both with second families. So that always puts in a strain on uh, relationships, uh, stepchildren and uh, probably step parents as well. And, it, it's, uh, and you've had that experience and there's all those things in the back of your mind. Is it going to happen again, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how we met could be a segue later into the into the podcast because that was a interesting way that we met my background is when i left school i i, I was going to become a doctor um uh, but I, I got glandular fever in sixth form so uh and i wanted everyone thought i was going to be a gynecologist but that's probably because of the way i treated girls but um <laughs> I decided, because I struggled with my um, A-levels, I decided to go into banking. And there was a guy called Mr. Lifton. He was our PE teacher. And there was, a, uh, and there was different discussions as to what, what side of them he batted on. But he ended up marrying uh, someone called uh, Miss Myers, who was a secretary at the school. And her nephew was called Myers. And when I went for an interview at the TSB, he interviewed me, so uh, and then a segue in that interview was to to work the school. And he, he said, "Do you know this woman?" I said, "Yeah, yeah." And so I think Mr. Lifton actually um, helped Help me you. get the job there. Yeah, in some ways. I mean, he didn't say he did because um, I was his school football captain. He, he uh, yeah, he and your dad used to do a lot of football. Yes, he was uh, the manager of Twiddle Boys. He started Twiddle Boys. He started Pegasus Eighty One. Still going in in Kent uh, I, I represented my county and uh, had um, what else did I, I did uh, I, I had, was on various books professional books but my cartilage went when I was 16 so I could have been a professional footballer um, so how do you get from being like because Twiddle was one of those areas where my mum wouldn't have let me walk around on my own at night <laughs> um so, so how did you get from there and football to being in Australia, doing counselling, via banking, and then doing your wedding stuff? It seems oh, like such right. a massive difference. 
the chemist linked it's quite interesting yeah so i, I when I, I end up being a referee in, in england so that was one thing that was on my bow but going back to the banking i ended up working for a dutch bank called avian emro bank and uh, i was a back office manager so i was quite high up at the, at the bank at the time and uh, that was implementing the system uh, globally so it meant traveling the world so i, I was on a business trip to uh, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, and Australia. I've never been to Australia before, which is quite good. But um, so I went to Malaysia. I was, got pissed up in, in Malaysia, uh, lost my mobile phone. I think I just gave it to someone to, to, to use. I woke up in the morning, grass stains all down my trousers. And, and I was told not to mention, say anything in this meeting because I was still drunk. But anyway, so. When I got to Australia, I didn't have a mobile phone. So I was out on this, out on the town, on this place called Jackson's on George, which is a, a bar in Sydney that anyone that lives in Sydney knows it's a bit of a dive. But uh, anyway, short story is I was at this bar and someone said, some weirdo come up to me, looked like Rick Ashley and Elvis Cross. His hair was weird. You know, just fancy chatting up some uh, Aussie birds. And they're quite thick. <laughs> And I was with my boss at the time. He looked at me and I was, he, he said, we can do it so well. Well, I'll, I'll have a go. God, so so I've got to stop just here because my inner feminist mm. is like, oh, my God, are you one of those people like pickup artist type that kind of, you know, is that how you were at that time? Kind of using and abusing women. Uh, I was divorced at the time. Uh, no, not really. But having okay. said that, that was a, a yeah, 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 it was not really I was still relatively I mean what you're saying about I was relatively shy with girls still I, I, I couldn't handle rejection if you ask a girl out and they'd say no so it's more of a no I don't know I think sometimes you have those those fake things like fate come into things it just something just thought what well, I don't even know this bloke I and mean, what the heck is he talking about so I thought yeah I, I was felt still quite lonely and I, I and de, sort of semi-depressed from from my divorce and stuff so yeah, you know, if I went, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. So I went up to to this woman, and, uh, and there was two women. I thought, oh god, I hope he, I hope he talks to this one because <laughs> there was, t and my wife was the other one. I thought, you know, there's two there, and I thought well, one one's better than the other. And luckily, he he was he he started talking to this Miss Pan Pacific. I mean, she had uh, more bigger muscles than I did, but. Um, and my wife was there, and uh, she she was. Uh, and I hear, what does he say? They, they, they don't know what fast track means because I was standing in a fast track area. So he ordered this drink and he goes, uh, and, he, and he said something to them. And, and, he said, and she, they said, what did you say? I said, nothing. So we, we, we then got talking. My, my wife's a special education master's. She's got some master's in special education. Um, and I got talking to her about my son, Simon, who's autistic. Um, this segue later on the book she's written about Simon. But... Um, a fantasy book but uh she's just said uh, we started talking so we got to, uh, we got in into the in-depth talking and uh i asked for a phone number because i didn't have my phone i'd have put it into my phone but that, that's where malaysia came into because i've lost that so she must and she said when when she said i've lost my phone she thought i was a right down and out sort of person so she didn't know a number because <laughs> she, she asked her friend what her phone number was so, so she wrote it down on this post-it. I don't know why I was carrying a bit of post-it in my pocket, but anyway, weird. Um, well, she might have given it to me, but she put her email on there. So 
I went for a piss about half hour later, came back and I said, I've lost your phone number. And uh, she, she wrote it down again. So I got the piece of paper out of my pocket and I compared the numbers to make sure that she wasn't blagging me off because I thought, <laughs> if you're going to lie, it's going to be the, it'll be a different number potentially. Um, but having said that, I mean, I, I forgot to say that I asked her, her name and she said her name was Carrie. And I said, what, Carrie disease? And that, that was, uh, she thought it was quite funny. Um, so she liked my personality and then uh, she made a pass at me. Um, so, <laughs> so that was that. Ended, like, when I rang her the next day, the, the number didn't exist. So I was, I was trying to ring her up and, and I was getting nowhere. So luckily the email happened and uh, we got in touch that way. So what did like so you talked about your son being autistic like how how was that for you being a father to an autistic son? It's uh, it's hard. Um, obviously, um, he looked like me as well. So I say he's got the personality of his mother. I mean, that's joking. But um, how how did you, how did you first recognise that he was autistic? What were the first signs? Uh, I mean, at one, he could say helicopter and he could stack bricks and then suddenly he just sort of deteriorated. And my, it's my sister that picked up and said, I think he's he's got autism because he was he's getting tantrums and and, and stuff. And then we decided, we took him to a behaviourist who was, a, that's my first foray into one of the, the facets of, of psychology. And he came out with holding therapy and my, my ex-wife didn't, wasn't, as tactile as, as, as I was so she found that difficult so we're then on a polar opposite way of handling Simon so that became difficult for him and it obviously mm. then put a strain on all our, on our marriages he'd have meltdowns and stuff like that and uh, you know not, not seeing he, he, he acted differently to for him to me versus his mother he, he needed boundaries and uh, you know it was a very big strain so um yeah, so it was... And it was difficult in school as well for him. Yeah, he was... Um, he went to a special education unit at Joy Lane and then um, when he got older, he, he would... Um, he went to a, a boarding school, which I didn't really want to happen, but it was one of those things. And it, at certain points in time, he was, he's, he'd been abused as well, so... Oh. Uh, and that came out as a disclosure a few years ago. That that was a, that was a um, we got a place in Spain. We we had a we had a, a, a sandwich called Don Simon, and he had a couple of drinks, and he got a bit bit upset, and it, things came out. So he had his own counselling session um, that that uh, helped him a bit. But it was yeah, someone people in trust that that didn't, didn't do the right thing. So that wasn't what I I wanted to hear. Actually, it's quite. Yeah, struggling. And that, that's something that that uh, we've worked on. He's 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 all right now. He lives semi-independent. He's thirty now. Uh, he had COVID as well. He got the COVID, um, so he's he was he was he found it difficult, but he'd done better than everyone else thought. But uh, we can have a difference. There'll be a segue into how we got him into Australia at some point, but in this podcast because yeah, that was it. Yeah, no, no one ever thought he'd get to Australia because he was such a bad person. He was drugged up and yeah, they, they uh, gave him all these medication. I didn't agree with either. So. What, to keep him calm? Supposedly, to stop him going into one. So he was, but 
thing with with medication if 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 it's hard to get them if it's to, to restrain them from getting into a, a meltdown when they're in a meltdown it's just as difficult to get them out because it's a double of double-edged sword mm. is why i saw it um but uh so, going so back you, to, to yeah sorry you know i was just going to say do you think this is partly why you've ended up doing well not ended up because life hasn't ended yet but this phase <laughs> you know like is that how why the counseling's become important to you yeah, some of it is. Yeah, yeah. My wife's going through a rough time. Um, she's got PTSD. She got attacked by someone at school, uh, a kid, uh, and there wasn't any, there was any, any uh, protection for her at school. She was in a, a, a class of uh, kids that were violent, and uh, there was no, there was nothing. It's not necessarily the right safety measures taken by the school. Um, so she suffered from that. Um, and I've always, I, I studied psychology once uh, for OU. I don't know if you mark my paper, but anyway, <laughs> a long, long time ago. Um, and I just had that, I always had that, when he had the autism, I wanted to do psychology, but it was just so, so hard when you're banking. Um, but now that I'm a celebrant, it, it, it's something I, I want to move back into. So you, you know, it was something that, that triggered it. But my wife is a, uh, wrote a, wrote a book about um simon it's called simon goes to spain it was, it was a obviously similar to that that spain episode i said but it's more of a an awareness that they're okay people with autism are okay and it's and it's not and, and he's highlighting he's like put in as a superhero as it were he saves the world um and it's just that but it's not the real simon he he's his mentality is a lot less than that but it was here as a as a way of, of getting things that the people their brain works differently and yeah. uh, their, their intense is definitely as can be the same as anyone else has he read and the it, book will he read the book I, I, he can't read he, he can read more than he thinks and i, and I didn't think he could tell the time but, but he, he can tell the time but i read it to him and uh he, he enjoyed it and, and the second one's uh, called Simon Goes to Camp. That's been Ayla's ended that into a competition, and hopefully that's that published. But um, she's read it again, and she's she's had some more experiences. She doesn't think it's the best written book that, that, that has ever been written. But but my my but it reads well from. But that could be the bias in me. But um, there's something here me. about because when you tell your story, it's like that where you are now has definitely been very much due to your son, kind of. If you know if you had if you'd still been married, you maybe wouldn't have been on that flight. You maybe wouldn't have met your wife. You yeah. know, you you wouldn't have got interested in psychology if it hadn't been for him. Yeah. You know, it yes. sounds like it. it yeah. He's been pivotal in kind of the new the the person that I haven't seen face to face. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mean, going back to. Uh, I mean, he said the call. Um, I think I mentioned before a call. I was a bit of an arse at school and, 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 and at junior school, it was, I, I, mean, I lived in Twiddle, which was a, a nice area, not, but anyway, but it is a nice area because I'm a Twiddleite. But um, I would take the piss out of people who had a disability, potentially. Um, and, and, and when I look back at it, I think something I thought, well, I was, that, that wasn't right to do, but I was a kid. It wasn't, it was ignorance, I suppose, but... Growing up, you think, well, you know, it, when it happens to you, you think, well, what a bastard I was at, at, at some points in life. And you think, if I could roll back the clock, I'd, deep down, I, I was I always had a, 
I, I consider myself, you know, good, a nice person, but there are times when I've been a complete arse and, and that's not um, something that I would necessarily be proud of, but I think everyone's got a mean streak in them. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, and don't you think, I don't know about you, but kind of the, the difference, I think we all have bits that we don't like about ourselves, but the difference to me seems to be that some people go into a state of denial about that and don't want to see it in themselves understandably because it's not very nice to see that stuff in yourself um you know there's certainly things that make me cringe that i wish i hadn't done or hadn't said or hadn't been but then actually that, that if you dig into those bits and if you're prepared to stand and look at them then actually they become the bits that make you better yes I go back to, uh, to, to when I was at school. I don't know if you know. I worked at the Rainer Mark Social Club. I don't know if you knew that. I'll no, I don't know that. Because I, I, I was I was in detention every week, and uh, I got this job when I was thirteen. Was stocking up shelves, um, and and obviously, uh, but then when I was at the Rainer Mark Social Club, I, had, I mean, I've got a personality that I can talk to people, and that's only why I was probably captain of the team. You can talk to people, but, but I was talking to people at the bar that were older than me, younger than me, alcoholics. Uh, girls fancy me, which is always nice to see, or parents trying to get their girls to talk to me because you know, I had me muscular arms and locking up shelves and stuff. But, um, <laughs> but, was, but I was turning an ear to people then. It was listening to these people. So it, it, it's something I've done. I've always I have been able to listen to people and and relate. I, was, I used to say to people, I'm a comedian in some ways. I could I could talk to different people, a different. I could talk to millionaires and and people with plums in their throat and I can talk to people that are, are pissing down the drain somewhere and, and just have some sort of, you know, relate to them that way. And that, and that did a lot for me, actually. So where do you think that comes from? You know, was that your parents? Was that life experience? You know, where did that come from? Uh, my mum's a nurse, so she was, so she always, that, that was always, she was in the caring industry. My dad being a footballer, he was... Uh, yeah, I used to get it in the neck when we didn't win, so I used to get shared out. And he was deaf in one ear, so he had a bit of a disability as well. I used to what used to know me was when he sometimes when he had the, the, the hay fever, his, his hearing go really bad, and my, some of my mates would take the piss out of him, saying, "You know, you wanker, John, you wanker, John," because he couldn't hear it, and he'd be nodding his head, you know. And so that was a bit. Uh, and that used to. I mean, I should have supposed to cut from a bit more then, but it was. I suppose it's that's where the. I do care about people in a way, so that's where that, so that, and you know, the uh, the, the working behind the bar gave me that. There's some people with problems there, but that's what led me. To, you know, I used to get a drink, half a pint of lager, used to give me around the back, but that became as I grew older, more than half a pint of lager, more than half a pint of wine and stuff. But uh, yeah, so that was probably my start of, of me getting getting involved with drink a lot more than I should have done. So. And so has that, you know, has that been part of your life, the alcohol? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I worked at the ABN. I met my wife when I was sober that night, actually. I was pissed the night before, but I was sober that night. But uh, uh, um, when I worked for the bank, I'd sometimes have sessions where I'd be pissed and go back to work and, and, and still get my job done. Um, but being a, you know, I suppose I don't, it, it was something what I call it, it's a reliever. It was a stressful job I used to do at doing the C. I used to be called effing C's and uh, this doesn't work. And, you know, because it was a very bullying atmosphere. Um, 
and I have challenged that with with, with certain people before, but it was an outlet, but it, it then became mid, going out to clubs after work, getting pissed up and getting home at two in the morning, waking up in Margate and then getting back to, get back to Faversham and then getting up at six in the morning, get on the train and then the sleep deprivation. It, it doesn't do so you well. It's that bit where actually you're not using alcohol, alcohol's starting to control you. Yeah, yeah. And did you, have you, so where are you with alcohol now? Oh, I've got a bit of gout now, so that's forced a bit of a, a bit of a change in attitude. I, I'm a lot less. I, I, I mean, I still can drink uh, two or three bottles of wine in a session if I need to. And uh, I'm doing um, now. We, 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 my wife has helped me. We're, we're doing like we'll have a, a bottle between us, a two glasses because we are. I'm on the land now. It'd be nice to have a nice sunset glass of wine, looking at the land and look at the sunset and looking at the, the kangaroos bouncing across the land and. But hopefully not see any snakes, but there are snakes on the land somewhere. But uh, and I'm not watching the dogs run around. That, that's so it's all right, like a surreal um, um, from what I was growing up is like, how would I ever see myself in Australia looking over 25 acres of land living in Twiddle, which is like a concrete jungle, and then thinking, well, I've got that opportunity now, I just need to just calm down because I, I couldn't. I couldn't walk for two uh, for two nearly two weeks uh, a month ago, and that's when I knew that you know, I've done it on and off before, but I don't necessarily need it. And the counselling is self counselling myself. I mean, I, I know I shouldn't do, but I thought, well, if I'm going to be talking to people, <laughs> you need to lead by a bit by example. So, and I don't I, abstinence is, is what they used to promote, but there's something I'm saying that's too much. So, yeah, I mean, small steps in some ways, but yeah, I do feel confident in myself I don't need it I mean I used to think oh that's all I had to do but not anymore I don't I don't drink much beer at all so yeah. we've kind of meeting catching up with you almost it feels like another turning point where you're kind of stepping away from alcohol and yeah. it sounds like you're connecting with the lands and the place and kind of yeah. just that amazing oh my god look at 25 like so just can you paint us a picture of where you are like a word picture so what does it look like when you look out of your window uh well we've got we, we might we, we bulldozed about um what was it 2,000 square feet uh, 2,000 square meters for the house to be round surrounded by trees so that so it's about 100,000 square meters we live on so 2,000 square meters is nothing so we look out when I just see uh, trees and then the other side I see trees um, and then we're gonna you know, I, I'm doing a part-time job at the European hours at the moment which finishes next week so I finished work at 2.30 this morning um, but I would uh, we want to build another house further down the land so we're near the top so I'd say it's over 670 meters long the land so that's you can't work it out but if I was thinking the twiddle it's probably the length of the Gonier Avenue. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's long. long. How long that is, yeah. Uh, and then wide, it's about, Usain Bolt would, would do it in about 16 <laughs> seconds. So it's 160 <laughs> metres long, so wide. Have you got wildlife? So when you talk about kangaroos, do you really get kangaroos? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. My dogs eat kangaroo shit when they go walking. Um, we've got a dam <laughs> that they go swimming in. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, snakes, uh, we got a few mice around now we got we got a cat that we that we use as a mice trap mouse trap um yeah and where are uh, you on the kind of 
climate crisis and crisis and ecology and environmentalism, you know, because obviously Australia had all its big fires, didn't it, last year? So yeah, had, what are you thinking about how to use the land? I was firefighting, so it's uh, it's uh, I, I was driving trucks. It was I, I, during I, that. Yeah, I was doing during the fire. I was up in mountains with trucks that were falling over and trees falling on them. So it's quite a scary piece of, of work. <clears throat> so I'm getting a medal at some point <clears throat> this year. I should get a, a medal for for firefighting. But um, so is that part yeah. of it? Is that your job, or did you just do that as a volunteer? Volunteer, volunteer, yeah. So was, how, how did that work when the fire started? Did they just put a shout out? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I got a pager and then they greet, they, they, they text me and um, then I, I, I drive up to the shed, fire up the truck, drive it out, chuck thing, and then drive off with, with some people in it and then go to some mountainous regions where they just, literally it's like driving on sand sometimes. It's quite scary, you drive the truck and <clears throat> when the truck's full of water, it's good. When it's half empty, it would, as you as you move around, it swirls around like that. And then where there's a few firefighters, one of our trucks got crushed by a tree, but that was that wasn't here. Um, but if they if it fallen down a second earlier, that would kill two drivers. Um, so I was driving and trees were falling over the place, but, so that you respect the land, you try and uh, save what we can. So we, we bought an extra couple of tanks this year. And while I was in the, when I left to go to Europe, it was a scorched earth. It was literally on fire. And, and people in the UK won't really appreciate that it's, that whole, the, it was the length of the British Isles that was on fire. I know, terrifying. Was it, I mean, how did it affect, you know, how did it change how people think over there? You know, it's far, I know you don't know everybody, but you know, the, did you feel a difference? Oh, everyone liked us. I mean, I've got a little still in my fridge. They've got this superhero picture. I think they get it from the VNHS. Got all these superheroes looking down at, at the a, a, a little fire, fiery as they call them, fires with his little bag. So people appreciated it, but other people, I mean, it, it's, it's shit, shit really. Other people take advantage of other people's. Um, Problems. Like they, yeah. people were, they got looted when they got people got people were told to leave houses and people go in and loot them and you don't really wish ill on someone but they're the people you sometimes think well you know that's not fucking right i mean i don't like people like that but then obviously being a counselor that's i will meet people like that and that's something that when you counsel you have to put that at the back in mind and only do what's best for the client so I've just let my cat out. Oh, he's a big dog. <laughs> so just you can't see everybody, but that's two massive dogs, is it? Two dogs. Yeah, Dalmatians. Two massive Dalmatians kissing Pete as we're speaking. Um, is that like their good morning? Is that their good morning hello thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. Real life. So that was dogs coming in for the morning. I've just let my cat out for the night as we were talking. That's real life happening right there. So that yeah, so when, you, when you did you see any of the? Because what I suppose what we saw a lot in England was animals. You know, obviously it devastated habitat, didn't it? And people sitting on beaches, kind of stunned. Really, did you see any of that? 
Well, I was in the country, so the beach is a bit far away. So we're, we're inland. So if you look to, um, if people know where Sydney is, I'm about um, across the other side of the mountains. So we're in, I'm actually on the mountain. So it's more dangerous than a mountain because the fire fires up the hill quite quickly. Um, I did see um, animals jumping around, saw bones, and uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a funny story, but not in a way. Someone was like, you have to do, you, you have to do what you need to do nature-wise. And some fireman was having a, a number two, and he got bitten on the arse by a snake. Oh! So to go to the hospital because of a snake bite. But um, you know, it, it's sad but funny in some ways because you, know, yeah. well, you know you're on, you're, you're jumping on a snake and he's going to get offended by it but um yeah I, but going back to your climate change i think people over the the, the the prime minister here is a denier um but i i believe it does happen i, I we we uh we both believe that climate change is real um so how does that change how you live so you're gathering water and you've got trees thank god that's part of the answer isn't it trees plant trees yeah but we do use trees for fire though because unfortunately we, we it's normally felled trees so the trees are already down but obviously it's not nice burning the cup but it's we're not it's only a, a small fire but that, that's unfortunately that's the way that it is it's a log fire but we don't yeah uh, and that, that's you have to well, do that Pete, are you going to replant it so you've got nah. sustainable firewood <laughs> <laughs> we may bulldoze some more trees down at some point but uh yeah no we we, we um we're growing olive trees and stuff so we, we're going to try and grow citrus fruit so we, we're trying to grow stuff on the but we, we've got a greenhouse that something's getting in and eating all our, our fruits of and and, uh, and stuff so but yeah that's something that i suppose sounds like hypocrisy but but i, I but think we, aren't we all you can do but there is so much there's such some things you still have to do i mean yeah. even from from early days men used to use fire to heat things so it, and it's but it's it's on the land it's and, and i'll tell you what we bulldozed the 2000 square meters but the roots come up it's just amazing it's if you haven't killed the the tree if you haven't dug the roots up the roots become trees we've got trees growing and going back to the fires, and you, you, the, the regeneration is quite quite amazing. You go go up these the, the, the road. Well, that was black last time, so and the grass is already starting to cover it up. And some of the trees are dead, but but yes, a lot of the trees survived in some ways. Um, some of the trees are, are made for it. Some of the gum trees regenerate with a fire. So it, nature has had fires before. Um, and it was the biggest fire was started by a fire, fire, a lightning strike that hit a tree in the middle of a gully that no one could ever start uh, stop. You can't do that. You can't drive trucks down there. So it's Australia's been has grown up with it. Bush, Bush, um, the, the old uh, not Bushman, no, it's Bushman Kalahari reminds me of of school. Um, yeah, the Aborigines. Yeah, that's right. The Aboriginals it, it would know what to do. They had their own methods of controlling it, and, and they didn't. And that's where. Um, us settlers have effectively should have taken some of their advice on on how to manage and i think they're looking at that a bit more and they should oh, i mean shouldn't we uh, you could say that the world over couldn't you that indigenous yeah. peoples we should have been listening to our indigenous peoples yes. much much more and just the wood thing i mean i live on a river and so um you know we had a tree was pulling the bank off into the river it was either cut the tree or the bank was going to go so we've got the tree and that's the firewood so it's it's kind of 
but I do try and plant trees and I think we're all hypocrites aren't we because I drive a car and, and, yeah. and I think you can't almost for me it's like you because if otherwise you can get stuck in shame can't you by going oh I'm a hypocrite so therefore it doesn't matter I might as well just carry on because I'm driving a car so nothing matters but I just think we somehow we've got to live with that conflict in us I drive a car and I plant trees and they don't fit together but I'm doing the best that I can it's kind of doing yeah. that isn't it like you going out yeah. to do the fires and you bulldoze trees and uh, we're not perfect yeah, yeah. and so no, like, yeah. Yeah, go on, say, over to you sustainable is everyone become aware of this just I think everyone did less I think everyone did about 50% less, I'm not, not me and you, but other people are, are very, oh, I don't know, they, they, they don't care, but if anyone that uh, does, overdoes it, I think if they cut that back by 50%, I think it'd be better. I mean, there's only basic, I mean, you got the Maslow now and you the basic needs. I mean, there are, for, for using use of the environment, there's only a basic requirement, I think, that you need to do. And that's trying to get to that base level. The earth needs a base level. That's it. I love that. And, you know, it's almost like in this conversation, it's it's kind of like when you were younger, and I think maybe we all do it when we're younger, you kind of climb up that pyramid because you think you have to have money and you have to have the car and you have to have the job and you have to have the house. But it's almost like, I don't know about you, but it sounds a bit like what you're doing now is going, well, actually, I don't need all that stuff. I, mm. I don't need more stuff. I need to kind of have more, you know, like you're talking about a lot of what you're talking about is service isn't it with the you know counseling with the celebrancy with the fire service it's like being of service yeah. to people and going a bit more inward yes did i get that is that what it feels like yeah 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 and go back, i mean i mean we discussed briefly on, on the refereeing i used to i refereed over here so that was offering a service because without a referee you can't play and i mean that's uh that's a nice little that's a nice role that you get not when, when your parents abusing you and it's uh and again that's another thing i i i saw kids we, we'd have referees young referees refereeing kids because that's the way you, you can only start refereeing with younger people and, and but it's the worst people to referee to be honest because i mean adult, adult football is hard and, and the top level is hard but you don't these little kids are getting abused by these parents for doing something that they, they, they that, that mm. really they're doing for, for their son's bit or their girl's benefit, daughter's benefit. And you think, you know what? I, I, I said to him once, I said, you know what? You're abusing a child. That's child abuse. You should be on a register just to think about it. And mm. I, I made them think a bit. It's, it doesn't have to be sexual abuse or physical abuse. Verbal abuse is abuse. And I, and, I, and I don't think, I'm trying to think of paedophilia, does it actually mean sexual or it can mean abuse of a child? I don't, I don't know what the, I'm not really, that is But the, I guess what you're saying is, the thing is, it's like they're linked, aren't they? Obviously you can't, yeah. you, there always is sexual, yeah. you know, with any other sort of abuse, there's always emotional and psych psychological. Yeah. Um, and I know when we were, talking earlier you were saying that you thought you might specialize in kind of working with victims of abuse which is kind of like I have so I've obviously written the book but I have to say and I do work with people who kind of experience that but it, you know it, obviously it's quite dark sometimes so I'm curious about what what draws you to that 
Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned Simon being autistic. At some point, he disclosed that he was abused by people that were looking after him. He was in respite, and uh, he said he was pulled around the room by his hair, and uh, he, he when he when he did things, and uh, a couple of other things that that, that happened. He was uh, someone afraid to put a cigarette out on his back, and uh, uh, put his hand in a fire, and. And he had scratch marks on him and some bruises on him at some points in time. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, that wasn't wasn't nice when he came out. So there. Pete, I mean, you as a parent, I mean, God, it's bad enough when they fall in stinging nettles, isn't it? But to find mm -hmm. that out, I mean, how did you manage that as his dad? Uh, we sent him to counsellor. Well, he was he's only when he's he must have been uh, mid twenties that we we decided that. To send him to, I mentioned it to him because he lives semi-independent now, so he loves it where he lives. Um, and it happened a long time ago, but we we encouraged him to go to counselling because that was uh, the thing to do. So obviously, he, he, and rightly so, you obviously ask, how did it go? But he can't, doesn't have to say what he said. It could be the fact mm -hmm. he said it was uh, I was a, a monster to him, and that's why he turned into a, a, a autism. But he wouldn't have said that. But it's it, it's um, hard. You you know I mean the, the 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 natural instinct is to want to keep the shit out of the the, the, the person that did that. Um, but yeah, I, I. What do you do with that? And because like the anger's there is because my so I, I suppose my first impulse wouldn't be to do that. It would be to protect and then feel. Yeah awful that I hadn't been able to protect and so I think I probably would have internalized it and beaten myself up a bit whereas you sound like you'd have externalized <laughs> wanted to rage yeah. so how, given that you didn't do that how did you you know what did you do with that anger you know it's because it's completely understandable isn't it yeah have a drink <laughs> uh, do you think uh, the counseling's changing that though Pete yeah, you know because yeah. is, is this stuff coming up in counseling training yeah, I think, yeah, when you look at it, I mean, it, it, I was looking at the, the, how do you become dependent on alcohol? And it wasn't necessarily my parents. It, I mean, it's more a socio, socio um, problem with me. Um, and I think, go back to, to working at the, the, the club, I don't know, the, the, um, the uh, yeah, the I social working, club. I, I was, yeah, I was working when I was an adolescent. So I nearly, so I missed out in some of the, adolescent bits because I was always too busy working so I'd get home at, from school um, play football perhaps for the school I'd then do my homework and then go to work and I'd work on the Saturday and Sunday I'd play football in between pop in to have my dinner lay my head on the bed and then go on and on and on so I've been on the effectively I'd be on the go 24-7 for, for while I was at school and then when I became old I was I was doing 24 so I never really relaxed so I, I and that becomes the the pent-up anger, anger gets there because you, you, there's no outlet so what moving in Australia has improved that because you, you, I've had decided that you know fuck me so I've had I've done all my corporate world stuff and I've been bullied in corporate world and uh, and you just think, well, you know what? There's better things in life, and that's where you reflect of why, why, why did I do put up with it for so long? Um, and I set up was it while I was in banking, I set up a peer support group, this counselling thing for for carers of people with special needs. There's always a, 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 a carers of people 
uh, don't necessarily get a respite themselves or don't get an outlet. So I set up a peer support group at one of my companies just to, for people to, to have an outlet. You do extra things that people don't see. You go to work, but before you go to work, you've got to do all this. And uh, so, so that, that was an outlet. That was a tearful first first meeting. People were, were in tears. But so that, and I thought, you know, that, that was doing some good for people. And then and, and that way, I, that's something that I decided I, I changed a lot. And I think and what helped that was was I, I then set up the uh, there's the International Day for People with Disabilities, isn't there? So I got um, I got an Olympian to, to do a speak. I got the, the, the top. So it's some of the top guys to do speaking and, and appreciating what was on. I, I had someone that had a, that was effectively legally blind, and we we crack a joke a bit of about the disability as well. So like, he, he, he did a discovery. You know what this means, guys? That means uh, thank you because he was doing all these and he and he's, it was like comical, and it, it was a really good way of people appreciating um, people with disability. But then I thought on top of that, I, I people that care for these don't get the recognition in some ways. Because it's an extra burden that people don't mm. appreciate. Pete, I've got to ask you a question as well. So you're talking like there's almost like there's two bits of you. There's the kind of corporate guy who's like doing the money, playing hard, clubs, you know, all through your life, drink all through your life. And then there's actually this really sensitive part of you that also all through your life has been listening to people and setting up peer support groups and not liking it when people were taking the mickey out of your dad and you know obviously feeling really protective of your son and I kind of I've got sons and it's that how have you how are you now at this age working out that sense of what it is to be a bloke because it's tough isn't it they being sensitive and being yeah. like you talk about being bullied in the corporate world how have you started to make sense of that now at this age how yeah, how's it, I mean, is it, have you got your head around it? <laughs> Does it got any easier? Yeah, 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 yeah. It has. Yeah, I, I it's the, the culture has changed a lot in in the corporate world. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, going back to the, you know, if you're a feminist, I think uh, you'd have loved it in the fucking 60s, 70s, and 80s and 90s when when all these traders were just basically trying to grab pussy as well, being rude and stuff just to because that was what I did and, and and some girls just wanted just went there for that just to get the benefit of getting high life and stuff I mean that sounds really degrading but that's unfortunately that was a fact at that point in time and, and people changed uh, for the better I think companies were forced to change they're still um, uh, misogynists around um, and, and it's a case of challenging them and, and I, I challenged the bullying culture um, and I, I effectively got people to change a few practices um, but I'll go back I was a bully at school in some ways and I, I think I, I regret doing some of that uh, being a, you know bullying people and, and or, or, or uh, being more empowering over them so I, I just think um, I try and do things to, to stop that happening. Um, but yeah, I've always been caring. I think some of the, some of the stuff I've done was to the co internal conflict within uh, drove me to drink and some of it. Um, and it was a coping mechanism that's not necessarily right. I, 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 my wife's done mindfulness. I think that, that's good. Um, yeah, well, she's writing a psycho thriller. She's writing a psycho thriller. 
You were saying we need to maybe get her on and, and have a conversation with her. Yeah, do, yeah. So do you do mindfulness? I've done it before and I, I just found it, I, I'm still in the middle of court, I found it difficult, but uh, I will be, I'm looking at that while, while I'm, I'm still working long hours on one, but I, I, will, I, I, I try and keep calm, but um, yeah, I want to do more mindfulness. So I, my wife had the app, you know, some, some mm. Yorkshire doing the, uh, <laughs> sit down, relax, and uh, I thought I could never find a lot to sit down to do it, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I think people need to do you said i mean if i was if i was going back to when i was at school and you knew me i mean, you'd probably think what a puff that sort of thing what a what a what a infeminate bloke you are and that's that's that stigma that that men have to do that macho bit but i don't think you really need to I think you need to be sensitive and i think yeah i think you know, hopefully you'll be more appreciative for, for for the opposite sex but some people as you said you're in awe of, of some people like that, that self-confidence but I don't think that self-confidence was someone that was someone's pretty fragile mm. and, and I think that's the tough thing for Met Blakes isn't it I mean that's why they're you know the suicide figures are through the roof yeah. particularly for young adult males I yeah. think because of that need to have that particular veneer of masculinity and obviously they're born you know we're all born sensitive aren't we whether you're on the autistic spectrum or you know whatever gender you are we're born sensitive with feelings and you know we we like to be liked <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. yeah it's you know talk about basic it goes back to that doesn't it and and then yes. we have all these social constructions that kind of twist us into shapes yeah. that don't necessarily fit but it sounds yeah. like you're kind of coming back into your own shape yes. a bit my my normal self my mother always said that i was nice but you know and you think oh that's just being mothers but i think deep down i i yeah i i it's a lot of regrets and there's obviously turns in life that you, you reflect on if I've done this, done that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's done, isn't it? And it's, and it's, it's trying to amend or, or, or improve, not necessarily my life, other people's lives. So that's, mm. that's one really, really the counsel is just to, to people to see that there's, it's not all doom and gloom and there are ways out of it. And it's almost like, I don't, again, we're about the same age, aren't we? I think you're probably a year older than me. <laughs> it's almost like um being the elder like i you know i'm aware of the fact that i've got white hair and that i've got more wrinkles than some of the people i you know work with and just that sense of i haven't got it sorted i don't have all the answers but i have lived longer yeah <laughs> and yes. i have worked through stuff and actually anything that i've got that's useful to share then i'm happy to share it <laughs> yes yeah. yeah so, right, so what yeah. does the next bit look like for you we've got about 10 minutes left of the hour um like what what's the future so train as a counselor train as a celebrant and who do you yeah. want to be like if we were having this conversation in in i don't know five or ten years time how would you like to be in yourself as a bloke as a bloke um okay i'd like to i probably might go for a degree in it and i'd like to be able to uh yeah, I just want to be a good counsellor. I just want to do, and I, I specialise in, 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 I think, suicide awareness, you hit it on the head, there's a lot of people that commit suicide, and it's even worse with this situation. It can, it's only ever going to get worse because the pressures on people nowadays are a lot more, I mean, I mean, yeah, were pressures that we have, but I think some of the peer pressure here and then the consumer pressure as well, I've got this, you've got that, and, you mm. know, that 
anus envy stuff that that comes out i i, I just want to be um happy myself and i think i will be happy because the, i mean i'm doing this semi-corporate thing it's pissing me off again I, I thought i'd do it just to get the council but just do me in so i just want to be marry people uh, not bury people but but at wedding at funerals being able to be a pacifier there um solve people not solve people that people solve their own problems but help them solve their problems and, and i said to uh when i was working it, it was well in the corporate i said you know fulfillment is to train your future boss some people don't, don't like that idea oh, oh, oh. If you if you train your future boss, you've trained them better than you. So you've done done something. But people don't want to do that. They want to stick to be the boss. But you need to let them go above you because they're better than you. And something. And that's that's something that I always found was difficult when I was I always wanted to be the best footballer. You know, fucking hell, I'm jealous. I want to do this. I've got to be the best. I train harder and stuff like that. But I I think it's encouraging people to to, to fulfil their potential. And, that, and that's something that I grew up with. Someone told me once, said, oh, you know, that he, he was a right, he was an alcoholic. He so much to me goes, um, and they got the CEO of the company come down and spoke to him, said, he said, hey, he knows you. He said, what? And he said, oh, he, he worked for me once and he became the CEO. <laughs> and he said, and, that, and that's something that he was, the, the guy that that, that, that that trained him up, he remembered. And like going back to school, you always remember your best teachers. So that that's something... I, I, when you, as a teacher, I suppose, if you teach someone that becomes the prime minister or, or something else, as a teacher, you fulfil something that uh, no one else might not ever have done. But that person would always remember you as a teacher. And that, that's something that I would like to someone, some sort of legacy that this guy turned my life around and uh, and did that. And that, that, you don't have to necessarily pay me. You can pay me millions of dollars if you want, but I'm not that. that it's, it, that that beats money hands down you, you've basically changed someone's life and and made it for them and that, that's something that as a kid I would never have even envisaged of doing I was a bit more selfish and as I said before I want to be the best get jealous and, and work harder to be better um, so I suppose the only thing I want to work harder is being better as a counsellor so I can counsel more quality and, uh, and, and effectively change a lot more lives that's the way I see it. And it's something I can work until I'm 100 at, potentially. Mm, so it, it's a, a less stressful job but in some ways. I mean, but uh, there are the, the, what you're going to go through when, you, when mm. you're meeting people's counsellors is obviously as, as stressful in a different way, mentally stressing. Mm. So it's, it's keeping and being aware of myself of when I think it's getting too much and not hit the... The, the amber nectar as they say over here or the or the, mm. or the or the great grape juice with alcohol in it so yeah that's the way i see it i think so but, that's no it's <laughs> lovely so it's a picture of you being like like for me so for me like that thing about i've always got to be the boss that's not how nature works is it like nature grows a tree the tree drops the apple and at some point if it's lucky that apple's going to be the next tree while yeah. this tree and that's kind of it's almost like coming into line with that yeah. less driving but more kind of meaning and more yeah. like you use the word legacy what am I going to leave behind and that sense of touching people's lives and knowing that you've made a, mm. a difference 
have you said anything so just last question it, like so when you reflect on this conversation which is you know for you been ridiculously early first thing in the morning <laughs> is there anything that you're surprised that you've said or that you want to remember that you said or that feels important that you said that's a good question um no, I, I just that's just a snippet. <laughs> if I wrote a book, it'd be so complex, make Cain and Abel look like a, a, a ladybird one C book. Um, but it's yeah, it's um, no, it's there's obviously stuff I didn't touch on, but uh, um, no, I just think if anyone's taking anything out of it, the, the, the first thing living in awe of someone that maybe is, is good in some ways but depends on what that all is based on and mm. uh, that person isn't all all that they seem sometimes so i mean that's maybe that's me saying about when you but i, mm. I was deep inside i was not necessarily i was okay i mean i i, I did like my, my school but there's other things i didn't like doing and that's something that not everyone saw um but so again it's something about seeing people because that's what the counselling does, isn't it? We've had come is we've almost talked about how kind of seeing people behind the mask. So you've got the hard yeah. lad, and then the, the kind of the, the one that your mum yeah. said was the nice boy, because your mum obviously knew you before you had to start acting like, you know, whatever you're acting like. And now you're taking those masks off in counselling, and it kind of yeah. so that's what well, you leave behind, and it the soft ones you don't like. So it's hard, you know, hard on the outside and soft on the inside. Everyone likes the nutty one. <laughs> I probably was as a kid. But. but here you are now. So listen, Pete, it's been great talking to you. And we're going to put links to your wife's book in the in the notes. And maybe, I don't know, there might be other things we'll put in the notes. But um, thank you from Wales. Oh, yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, nice to speak to you. Take care. Take care. Bye. Hey, thank you for listening. Julie Leone here. Well, you can find out more about me at julieleone.com. But more importantly, if you know people or if you are someone who does a crazy thing or something that you feel passionately about or live slightly differently, then drop me an email at yoursoulworks at gmail.com. Let me know about it and it'd be great to have you or um, your friend if they want to come on to talk about the podcast. In the meantime, if you liked it, please subscribe and if you can leave a review do that way more people find out about it just wanting to share exciting and interesting ideas um, particularly at this weird covid time take care